It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, OG Ananobi is one of the most interesting Raptors going into this season. It was a weird summer full of trade rumors and potential agitation for a bigger role. We'll dig into our expectations for OG this year and whether or not the Raptors should actually be trying to give him a bigger role. And we'll do it all with Imana Don from Yahoo Sports Canada. We'll get to that in just one second here on your Thursday edition of Locked On Raptors. Thank you for being here. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1242 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, September the 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, and you can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. Please go hit the big red subscribe button and support the show that way. It's very much appreciated. You'll be forever, I'll be forever indebted to you if you go ahead and take that leap. Uh, it's just a big red subscribe button. You can't miss it if you go to YouTube. And uh, with that, let's get to today's show. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're talking OG Ananobi on today's show, who was kind of a character for the Raptors throughout the offseason when it came to all their different trade conversations, the Blazers stuff ahead of the draft, all sorts of rumors and scuttlebutt and all that around OG. But as it turns out, he's still on the Raptors. He's still very good. And we're going to dig into what his season could look like for the Raptors this year and the idea of expanding his role, whether they should even explore doing that. And joining me to do that on today's show from Yahoo Sports Canada, from Dishes and Dimes, from literally all over the place, one of the patron saints of Raptors Twitter, it's Imana Don. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. It's really nice to have you back on the show. And uh, I love talking about OG. He's a really interesting guy. Very, I think, indicative of the style of play the Raptors seemingly want to play. But as I kind of pointed out on an episode last week, he also seems like maybe the guy getting squeezed the most by the arrival of Scotty Barnes and just the overall glut of 6'8", 6'9", do-it-all wings. And so let's kind of dig in first, Amon, to 
your expectations for OG this season? Obviously, there's lots of talk in the offseason, the uh, various reports, you know, however legitimate or whatever, about his potential agitation and wanting a bigger role within the team, obviously included in plenty of trade rumors. Um, it seemed a lot like it was sort of like external wish casting, hoping that the Raptors might trade him as opposed to there actually being any sort of tension within the Raptors. But just as sort of like a, a broad starting point here before we dive into the nitty-gritty, what are your expectations for OG this season, I guess production-wise, but also maybe more importantly, what do you think his role should be and will be on this Raptors team? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I, I do think a lot of it does hinge on what Scotty is as well, right? Because yeah. OG Ananobi, the way that I sort of look at him last season is as your tertiary guy. You sure. have Fred, you have Pascal. And quite like I was looking at OG highlights um, just because I'm so ready for the season to begin. And it, like <laughs> it surprised me. And like obviously I knew this going into it, but it surprised me how many of them were catch and shoot opportunities. <laughs> and it was like, well, yeah, like Pascal draws a double and Pascal and Fred have been really great at finding OG. And that's kind of how he burns you. And he can sort of walk to 18 points because he has like the, the ability to shoot is kind of what makes him integral to your vision six nine that's why mm -hmm. his production is going to be something that's hard to replace and on the defensive end as well i mean you do have like precious coming up but in order for this wacky lineup at the raptors to throw uh, to continue to throw out in order for it to work you need to have a guy like og his size mm -hmm. can guard up like his size allows him to guard up so you have him against bigger guys but also he's quick enough and he's athletic enough to guard at the point of attack as well so like he's kind of versatile he, he can do everything for you on the defensive end and you're going to continue to need that if you're the Raptors but on the offensive end I kind of in my head still have him slotted as your tertiary guy but that does hinge on what Scotty Barnes can be because if Scotty Barnes kind of takes over some of that then I, like, I don't know what that really allows for OG to do. I will mm -hmm. say, because um, I was thinking, if Nick did want to give him a bigger role, and we're probably jumping a little bit ahead, mm -hmm. it would be with the bench. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like kind of initiate some <laughs> offense there. Not saying that he's coming off the bench, but you're not going to play all your bench guys. Like the Raptors are not going to be doing that. You're going to have your hybrid lineups, and that's going to allow him to kind of be on ball more. But we saw some of that early on in the season. I don't know if I love that for him. I do love that for Scotty. So that's kind of where <laughs> Scotty sort of squeezes OG out. Um, mm -hmm. And, and just to, this is so many points, um, but like just the last thing that I was thinking about is like how the Raptors work is that they, they have so many guys who can attack. They have so many guys who can score. And mm -hmm. because OG is so great on the perimeter, but he's also arguably the Raptors best post player as well, he can mm -hmm. kind of hit you in different ways. And this team is always going to find a mismatch. So whether it's him bullying someone down low or him standing out on the perimeter, that's kind of the attack. It's like a relentless attack of Precious, not Precious, sorry, but in my heart, Precious. But for right now, <laughs> One day, Scotty, yeah. <laughs> for right now, Scotty, Pascal, and OG, it's kind of like letting them bully guys. Uh, so I, I think he's always going to have a role on this team. That is my long-winded, I love OG Ananobi, and I hope he stays here forever rant. Yeah, this is like the thing with OG, is I feel like he has sort of been... Like, his reputation has taken a hit because he's not Kawhi Leonard. And that was, like, the the very stupid and unfair, like, comparison point when he was, like, his understudy during the championship season. And it was like, oh, he's quiet and tall. He must be Kawhi Leonard. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know about that. It was never really a fair 
comp to me. And it feels like there's this sort of yearly anticipation of, oh, well, the breakout's coming, the breakout's coming. And it's like, I kind of think he's had multiple breakouts that just because it's not a 25 point a night lead ball handler, like scoring efficiently, kind of your your end of clock guy who's going to find mismatches and score for you type of role. Like, even though it's not that doesn't mean he's not a great player. Like, he's the kind of player that every team wants and needs. There's a reason that he's floating around in trade rumors. It's because every team in the league would be negligent if they weren't trying to get OG Ananobi on their team because of all the things you mentioned that he does on both ends of the floor. And so it is sort of weird trying to set like a level of expectation for the season that doesn't feel like you're undercutting him because it's like, well, yeah, the breakout's going to come. If you're not expecting 20 points a game from him, like, are you an OG hater? It's like, no, I just kind of think he's perfect in the role he's in, in that tertiary spot. Like the comparison I've often used with him is he kind of feels to me like what Pascal Siakam was to the championship team, right? Opportunistic score, scores based on you know the other stars in the team leveraging their gravity and finding easy looks, whether it's on cuts, whether it's catch and shoots, the odd post up here and there. And that feels like a perfect spot for OG to be when he's not been a super high usage guy in his career, he's been a very efficient player. You know, last season was his career high in usage, not like a crazy usage. It was like 20.3% or something like that, but still it was his career high and it was his least efficient season ever. And I think his numbers kind of got tanked by the start of the season when he was trying to do the on ball thing when Siakam was out. And it just feels like, are we trying to make fetch happen here? <laughs> it's like, OG, be the on-ball guy. Go score 20 a game. Like, maybe that's just not his bag. And he's a perfect third or fourth option for a team that really values two-way versatility. And he's going to be one of the best wing defenders alive. So, like, am I, am I crazy for just, like, hoping that we get what we saw from OG last season just in more games than he played as his role and sort of spot within the team this season? No, that's exactly what I think you would want from OG Ananobi. I think I was tweeting the other day. I was like, you know, if OG can give you like 38% from deep and can, you know, um, like I think like the numbers I was rattling off and someone was like, that's almost identical to this year. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah I, I don't sounds want great. OG yeah. to change his game in any way. I, like, I am interested in the idea of like, more OG on ball is okay. So here's the thing: how the Raptors work is you're not gonna have one guy who has 30% usage, right? Like that's sure. not how. Like maybe Pascal can get you close to there. Maybe Scotty can become that sometime down the line. Pascal but did you, when everyone was hurt. Like that was like the right. environment you, where Pascal you, was like, doing. That's yeah. not. That's not really Raptors. You don't have a superstar and like everyone else kind of like. There's no Kawhi Leonard on this yeah. team, and and part of their attack is that so many guys can do so many different things, right? Like OG has improved his ball handling. He has improved his footwork. Now, if we look at those ISO numbers, we can see that like it's not quite there. <laughs> I was looking at like I was looking at the numbers of like uh, OG as like a pick and roll ball handler. And, like yeah, the Raptors don't run a ton, but I'm like oh boy, yeah, <laughs> like, like only. As Small samples go, it's uh, uh, very pukerific, yeah. Very small sample. But what we did see in the playoffs is when the team did need to rely on OG Ananobi, which is kind of how this team is built. When you have lots of guys who are around that 20% usage mark, you need to have lots of guys who can attack and who can score because there are going to be moments where you have to rely on OG Ananobi. And as we saw in the playoffs, he can do that for you. I think his ISO numbers went, he was like in the 11th percentile in the regular season and the 87th percentile in this tiny sample of the playoffs. But like he could do it in moments. And like, that's kind of what you need. You don't need him. You don't need to rely on him to do it 
every day. You don't need to rely on him to do it regularly. I do mm-hmm. think some of the like OG on ball numbers are kind of tanked a little bit by like in the beginning of the season. Um, Goran Dragic was starting. And yeah. the Raptors maybe there was no four, Pascal. There was no Pascal. <laughs> the Raptors had maybe four NBA players. Like Precious was Precious was uh, uh was nothing like he was towards the end of the year. Um and nothing like he'll be in the beginning of the year when he's the best player in basketball. But um it's it, like watching watching that, because I, I wanted to look at OG's numbers and really sort of dig into like why was he so bad on ball? Like what what was that? Mm-hmm. And I just looked at the highlights of the first two games. And he had two shots on 17 self-created shots. So, like, of his 17 self-created shots in the first two games, only two of them went in. So, like, when we talk about 101 ISO possessions for an OG and an OB, and you look at the beginning of the season, you can see why a lot of those numbers tank. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't necessarily have the ability to do it. I don't know that the Raptors should be relying on him to do it in, Mm -hmm. in most moments or sort of carrying the lineup that way. But it would be interesting to sort of see him grow because I, it doesn't hurt the team in any way. But I don't know that that needs to be his role. Having a guy who can space the floor for you and can kind of bully mismatches down low and can defend all five positions sounds like a great player to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I want to pick up that thread in just a sec here, Iman, and dig into sort of what it might look like if the Raptors are going to do what Nick Nurse kind of suggested in an offseason interview and try to let OG expand his role. We'll get into that in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your pro and college betting, uh, college football betting needs and sports info this season. Follow the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including Week 2's games, which are coming up. I think they start tonight. It's Thursday, right? There's football on Thursday. Either way, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. And they got more than just football. They got MLB. Baseball season's like really heating up. September baseball's been awesome, and the Blue Jays are just like destroying right now. So bet on the Blue Jays to win games. It's been a pretty good bet of late. You got MMA, boxing, and golf, everything else, NHL futures, NBA futures. It's all there. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with your first listen of the day with Amon Adon of Yahoo Sports Canada, among other bylines and places, because Amon's the best. Uh, So Amon, let's pick up where we were talking about OG and sort of what it might look like if they expand his role this year. You mentioned off the top the idea of him coming off the bench, or sort of not coming off the bench, but mixing in with those bench units and maybe comes out of the game early, comes back in. I kind of envision like the combination of him and like Scotty Barnes, for example, being a pretty decent, you know, staggering tandem. We know the Fred Pascal duo has always been really good. Maybe that's where you get Scotty some run with the ball in his hands as well. Um, and as you mentioned also before, like it's not a bad thing if OG magically discovers some more on ball chops and removes some of the robotic from the way with with which he moves and sort of dribbles like that's all good stuff like more ball handlers every team is going to want that but I'm just my concern if they are going to amp up OG's role raise his usage give him a little bit more agency to kind of take things over is 
who does that come at the expense of? And what is the cost of that, right? Like, is that coming out of Pascal Siakam's possessions, which were the most efficient possessions the Raptors had last year? Is that coming away from Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., which could be a bit of a difficult thing to manage politically, considering we know Gary Trent Jr. loves himself some shots. Uh, where are you at with, like, if they are going to expand it, who is the best person to take it away from in terms of, like, it, it, there's a lot of mouths to feed in this team. It, like, it's just the way it is. It's what happens when you have a lot of good players but how does it look if og does expand his role and maybe raises his usage up to 22 23 percent as opposed to the 19 20 it's been the last couple of years i do think part of that would be gary um mm-hmm. I, I think it's been us who's been calling og your two like he's just like og is a two <laughs> like, yeah play og is two um I, I do think that it would be gary uh and that and that's unfortunate and like what gary brings like every time i have a conversation with someone on the timeline it's like well the raptors need a bucket getter I, I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what a Gary Trent Jr. can be, right? Like, he, mm-hmm. he can get you buckets. He's um, got the gunner spirit. He's small he Serge Ibaka. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking about how, like, yeah, Gary's kind of fulfilled the role of, like, a Norm and a Serge. Like, it's Norm slash Serge. Sure, um, sure. <laughs> the way that I sort of look at his role on this team. Um, and, like, the heart of Serge and <laughs> the role of Norm. Hmm. Um, but... I do think that, yes, it would be Gary. And that's kind of the issue is when you have so many talented guys, there's only so much ball to go around, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But as you were sort of mentioning, like Pascal and Fred have, since bench mob, since G League days, like have phenomenal chemistry and they work so well Mm -hmm. with each other. OG and Scotty have phenomenal chemistry. Scotty's talking about OG being his favorite player, the player that he wants to sort of run with. Scotty is doing the damage control that we all desperately needed in the offseason. We love it. (laughs) Uh, And it could be sort of interesting. If you look at Scotty and you look at what what he's able to do, um, you know, the Raptors don't run a ton of pick and roll, but even like as a pick and roll ball handler, uh, as a playmaker, you want to put the ball in Scotty's hands. It could mm-hmm. be a scenario where if you are running your hybrid lineups, that you have Scotty as like, um, as your play starter and OG as your play finisher, because that's sure. what OG does so well on this team. Like they have the chemistry to sort of work something like that out. It does depend on what the bench looks like because it looks like the Raptors have more bodies than they had last year like it's it is yeah. a deeper team <laughs> than they have last year but I think um to get Scotty some more reps and get him sort of developing whether it be his ball handling or his playmaking or different things like that I think OG sort of pairing with him and being that play finisher on a lot of these reps could be something really interesting and an interesting attack for the Raptors but who gets squeezed out of that is going to be Gary Trent and um <laughs> It didn't surprise me that like Gary and and, and OG have uh the same um the same agent uh yep. agency <laughs> and like when one wants a bigger role, well that's gonna hurt the other one and the other one's a free agent. Like I think there's a lot of politics in the reports that came out this season um or in the off season I should say there. It's it's difficult, but I, I do think the person is gonna be Gary. Do you think so as well? I think it should probably be Gary. Like, he's really fun. I love Gary Trent Jr. He's like a new Terrence Ross to me, minus the dunks. Like, I, I adore a gunner. I, I love someone with no conscience. It's really fun to watch over the course of a regular season. And he was, like, so important to the team last year. Like, outside of Pascal, no one drove offensive performance more than Gary Trent Jr. did when he was on the floor for the Raptors. Like, his three-point shooting was extremely vital. I kind of have a hunch it's going to be less 
of a like gotta have it type of thing with Trent shooting this year because you have Otto Porter Jr. Hopefully you get a bit of a bounce back from Chris Boucher. He kind of finds the middle ground between two years ago and last season. Precious, obviously, if he can kind of carry over what he did in the back part of last year, that's a reliable shooter. He's going to do it, of course. This is a pro-Precious podcast. By the way, we're talking Precious tomorrow with Samson Folk, so keep an eye out for that. Um, you've got... Uh, you know, maybe a, an uptick from Scotty Barnes. You've got Pascal, who's always been a very good corner three-point shooter. The numbers, like, he was the best corner three-point shooter on the Raptors last season. That's, like, a fun little bit of trivia. Um, you, know, you know, there's, you know, there's, I think there's going to be a bit of a better shooting infrastructure for this team, and so Trent becomes less of a necessity and more of a beautiful luxury to have, who uh, also is really good at sort of sizing up dudes and scoring late in the clock when he's heavily contested. Like, that's a nice thing to have. I also wonder, did we maybe just see Fred Van Vliet average like 12 points a game this season and just set up everybody else? Like, I, I know there's this sort of gunner's interpretation of Fred as well. I don't think that's entirely fair or super earned. Like, I, I think he's become a gunner when the Raptors have needed him to be that. But I do think there's some adaptability to his game. Could we see him average like 12 and 11 this season just because he's setting the table for everyone else? And does that like benefit the whole team if maybe Fred's taking that step back and everyone else gets to eat around him? I think so, yeah. I, I think that Fred's role is definitely going to be reduced on this team as you kind of have your big wings kind of take over everything. That's what this team is sort of looking to be. And, I, and mm. I've always thought that Fred is sort of the best point guard to have on this team alongside them because for the longest time I'm like Fred is not a point guard um <laughs> what are we doing but when you have these big wings who you want to put the ball in their hands Fred is an absolutely deadly shooter um mm -hmm. his catch and shoot numbers were the best on this team um, best in the league like, he's really good <laughs> Here we go, like, a phenomenal and like yeah. if you can have like what did Fred take like 10 threes a game last year yeah. like yeah when he got hurt those numbers kind of tanked a little bit but he was like doing that on 40 percent shooting like the spacing that he provides to this team especially off ball like he's just deadly I think that Fred is a weapon on this court on the court and he doesn't necessarily need to have the ball in his hands, but he can sort of set everybody up. He's an incredibly unselfish player. And just the way that he's changed his game to fit in with this team is something that I think we all sort of take for granted. I think he's like the perfect guard to really have here. So yeah, Fred, Fred, definitely that usage is going down. And I think that sort of bodes well for the Raptors as well, because we know that when you call on Fred and when he's needed, he can really step up and you're not going to have health for the entire season. I mean, knock on mm -hmm. wood, hopefully the Raptors do, but um, so having a guy like Fred sort of step up when it's necessary, but take a backseat role just keeps his legs fresh for the playoffs where you're definitely going to need him because he still is what the team's second best player <laughs> in moments yeah. as well. So like having him take a backseat so that you can watch this sort of big wing lineup go crazy, I think sort of benefits the entire team and sort of the trajectory of this team moving forward. Yeah, I mean, this is a conversation about OG, but I do think Fred is very much like involved in all of it because he kind of feels like the easy guy to disperse those extra looks to OG and Trent if uh, if they are going to make a concerted effort to make those guys sort of more prominent. Uh, we're going to continue on here, Amon. I want to get into what this season is going to sort of mean for the long-term outlook of OG with the Raptors. You know, not much in terms of contract stress with him just yet, but as of next year, there will be because there's a player option of the final year of his four-year deal. We're going to get into that in just one second here, but just a reminder, 
you can go and check out the Locked On NBA Top 50 Players by Bet Online all next week on the Locked On NBA channel. Uh, we run through the Top 50 Players, all the hosts digging in and basically ripping apart the list. Pascal Siakam ranked horribly on this list, and I get very angry about it. So keep an eye out for that next week and so much more all week long on the Locked On NBA Top 50 Players by Bet Online. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Amon. OG Ananobi's future. He is, of course, going to be 25 this season. He's in the second year of that three plus one deal he signed as his extension with the Raptors. He's making 17 and a half mil or so this year, 18.7 next year as I look at my notes. And then he's got a player option for 24, 25. That's kind of when all the contracts for the Raptors are kind of coming to an end here. And I think we'll probably know you know, sort of the idea of what this team's going to look like around Scotty Barnes, who of course is the main pillar now. And we'll probably get some answers as to which guys on the team right now are going to be part of that sort of next contention window where, you know, they're probably going to graduate from being this fun, plucky underdog team into being one of the class teams of the Eastern Conference as Scotty Barnes kind of matures. So do you think this season has much bearing on OG's sort of role in all of that? You know, obviously he's a very good player. Every team needs an OG and an OB. Do you think... You know, is there a, a world in which he, like, is so good he plays himself out of the Raptors' long-term price range and they have to look at moving on from him before the cap crunch comes? Do you think he kind of maybe just establishes himself as, like, a perfect number four and everyone's fine with that and they go ahead and maybe give him, like, a slight raise next time out? Like, or do you think this season doesn't have that much bearing at all because it's still a couple years down the road? They don't have to worry about all that much just yet. It's more of a Fred and Gary Trent Jr. type of season when it comes to it being a referendum on their futures with the team. I do think that like Fred and sort of Gary are going to be sort of taking precedence here. But with OG, I think what you're looking for from him is just, can he stay healthy for the year? Please. Um, <laughs> please, please, please. Uh, I also think the pieces around him matter as much as, as him. Like, I think we know what we're going to get from OG. There are not a lot of questions. With Precious, tons of questions. We can get the best player I've ever seen in the entirety of basketball or we can get the pressures that we saw at moments last season which... Yeah. Um, Who just can't convert an offensive rebound put back to save his bloody life? Yeah. That guy. So sad. Oh, like, rough I, I was stuff. like, do the Raptors stuff. have... I was just sort of thinking about it yesterday. I was like, do the Raptors have any like lob passers? Because like Precious could be so great at like... And someone was like... Precious can't catch. <laughs> it's, it's not happening. So, like, I feel like we, Precious is, like, sort of all over the place. But, like, with OG, you kind of know exactly what you have. And you kind of hope mm -hmm. that Precious can be a guy who can, once again, defend everything on the other end and shoot the threes. And I kind of think that, like, that sort of makes the Vision 6-9 lineup work. But that's exactly yeah. who OG is right now, which mm -hmm. is what's making the Vision 6-9 lineup work. So I think like Precious's growth is going to be kind of interesting on OG. If you can have both of those guys, it's phenomenal. Um, but uh, like with, with OG, I do think he's just going to be, you know, with Scotty's growth, he's going to be slotted in that fourth spot. I, like I don't know what Scotty's going to be this season. I don't know how he's going to grow. Currently, OG is your tertiary guy. And yeah. his role is to... Uh, exploit mismatches down low and to hit shots 
um, when, when they're given to him around the perimeter. And like, that's what he does so well. And I think that that's what we're going to see this season. And I think that sort of slots him into like, yeah, getting a bit of a pay raise because he works in perfectly with this team. I don't think the Raptors are ever going to be looking to move from OG Ananobi. And I don't know that OG necessarily has the on-ball skills to like really price himself out of the Raptors range anyway. So I think we're just going to continue to get what we get from OG Ananobi, which is a really good player for this team. And I think a really good spot for OG Ananobi because like even those like Portland rumors were like, Jeremy Grant thinks he's like Kobe Bryant. Damian Lillard is going to have like 30% usage. Um, Yeah. Like, uh, who's their center? Uh, I was going to call him Jokic. <laughs> no, bad Jokic. Nurkic, yeah. I still do that. <laughs> Nurkic and Jokic have the same... Like, you play on the same team once upon a time, you're going to have the same name. Uh, Nurkic <laughs> is one of the centers that, like, leads the league in sort of usage as an offensive guy. So, like... And and um, Simons is growing and taking sort of that secondary role. So, you're, like, looking at these other teams that, quote-unquote, wanted OG Ananobi, and you're like, your usage is going to go down compared to this yeah. team where you don't really have any of that. So, I think... This is a team that really benefits OG's skill set and can allow him to try different things because you don't have one guy that is so ball dominant. Um, and at the same time, I think that like what OG brings is exactly what the Raptors need. So I can imagine mm-hmm. this to just sort of be a marriage that lasts until forever. OG gets a bit of a pay raise and everyone kind of moves on. He's not going to be Kawhi, but he's exactly <laughs> what this team needs. Yeah, I think so too. I think this is going to be a very cementing year for OG. And like, I, I think it's going to be, yeah, maybe he's not the guy you're going to run your whole offense through, but he's going to be a damn important player as good as potentially as good as like your third best player on, you know, whatever your next version of a contender is going to look like. Like, I, I think if I was to like rank the likelihood of say OG, Fred and Gary being on the team in like 2026 and being a key cog and whatever team that is like I think OG is the most likely to be around he just he's young he does everything that you need on a good team and I think there will be some sort of middle ground found with like the role agitation that apparently has been reported or whatever I don't even know how real that is honestly like I really don't it does feel like a lot of that stuff was other teams being like huh that team over there has lots of guys who are the same size. They must be angry at one another because there's only one ball to go around. And it's like, uh, maybe not. Like, it, that feels like you're wish casting more than anything else. So I think it's going to be a, like a sort of, we we establish exactly what OG's sort of long-term outlook will be. There's still always room for improvement and growth, but I, I do think we're going to kind of get a better version of what we saw last year, hopefully for more games than just 48. Obviously that's the big sort of limiting factor with him. And if the injuries persist, then maybe that changes the conversation a little bit, but he feels like a really, really valuable long-term piece for this team. Let me ask you to close this out, Iman. I'm going to put you on the spot. It's been a long time coming. Everyone knows he's one of the best defensive wings alive. You know, he was their ace in the hole defensively last year, shutting down Trey Young in crunch times and sort of being like, he's just the guy you know is going to demolish and swallow up whatever ball handler is trying to score in a late game situation. He was honestly a big reason why the Raptors were so bloody good in the clutch, not just because he could finish plays, but also because he's a defensive monster and their defense at times can be their best clutch time weapon. So I ask you now, Iman, does OG finally make an all defense team this year? He better. (laughs) That's the answer. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Like, 
I think it was it's hard obviously... to give it to him last year because, like, the beginning of the year, yeah. of course, with, like, the higher usage, his defense definitely did drop. Sure. And I, I think that, like, if you were going to give it to someone, it would have been Fred Van Vliet. But I think – and the Raptors' defense was also just abysmal for good <laughs> chunks of last year as well. <laughs> Their defense should be really good this year, and I think yeah. I think it's just time. It's it, I, I, I would put money on it, honestly. I think that, I think he gets there. Yeah, it feels like a pretty decent bet. Like, it it still blows my mind that no one from the 1920 team made an all-defense team. And I think OG was probably the most deserving. You know, you could maybe say Gasol, but he didn't play a ton of games. I think OG was the most deserving guy that year. Um, you know, it feels like it's kind of a building up. Everyone seems to recognize and understand how bloody good he is on defense. And I do think, like, the role that is ideal for him that we've talked about, the third or fourth guy, like, that is conducive to him being an absolute wrecker on the defensive end, which could potentially lead to, uh, you know, that defensive player of the year stuff. Like, it's a, such a weird award. It's very, like, the, the voting just doesn't make any sense. Because, like, none of these people are watching Raptors games and digging into the Didn't defense Kawhi? outside of, like, Didn't a handful. Didn't Kawhi win it in 2019? Yeah, the worst defender in that starting like, five. Made, yeah. <laughs> crazy yeah um so like we no one knows how to evaluate defense but like the reputation's been building long enough now and i think the raptors will be like a top 10 defense with maybe even better than that this year because of like the continuity that's going to carry over i could totally see him being sort of the guy the front facing he's the best defender on the team even if i kind of think maybe pascal is the best defender on the team at times but that's for another day uh iman this was a lot of fun thank you so much for popping on any parting shots and if not uh what can people do to check you out and find all your work um I will be making some uh, well, dishes and dimes to start off. We'll start yeah. off with the beginning of the season, um, as well as some stuff with Yahoo um, that I have going on and basketball news and just writing. And I'll be making some more video content as well. I'll be doing yeah. more podcasts. I'll probably post them on Twitter. So if you're not annoyed by my Big Brother tweets, follow me there. <laughs> I have to say, I did have to mute you for a second in the offseason, Mon, oh, because please. the Big Brother, like, I watch it late. I'm also a Big Brother head. Mm. I think Monty's going to win. Uh, but I'm a Big Brother head, but I always watch it, like, the next day on PVR. And so, I, like, you and our pal and saw I, I it. I was like, feeds. I love you both, but I have to mute you. <laughs> yeah, I watch, I watch the feeds, too. So, like, I'm, like, a week ahead of everybody else. <laughs> Uh, either way, thank you so much, Iman. It was great having you on. Hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. For me, you can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Subscribe, follow, rate, review for free on all your favorite podcast apps. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Blue Jays. The Jays rolling, baby. They, they beat the Rays again last night. People are hitting dingers. Bo Bichette's on fire. Go check out Locked on Blue Jays every day as Ben and Matt over there break down the push towards the postseason. And with that, we'll round things out. We'll talk to you again on Friday with Samson Folk as we dig into the season of Precious Achua, the best player in the world. That'll be tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.